2: The Around the NFL Podcast. Sugars the A-cap.
3: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's
4: up, boys? Hey, Dan. Really stretched out that Greg right there. I like it.
3: Listen, I'm in a good mood. (laughs) I'm in a good mood right now. Why? Well, Monday Night Football is Uh, a great watch.
1: It's always good to give the boss props mm.
4: and stretch out his name on audio when any chance you get. Yeah, it was a 10-0 game with with 10 minutes left or whatever. Full of excitement Monday night.
3: Wait, do I have to call out that you didn't really watch the game? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so if you're going to go <laughs> after the game, second? Jets played a marvelous defensive game and uh, scored enough points to win. And we'll get into all that. The undefeated New York Jets um, a little bit later. Um but we have a great show ahead of us. Chris Wessling, how are you, de- you doing, buddy? Couldn't be better. Today in your um, a rich blue NFL Network polo shirt. Like a royal blue. It is. Definitely royal. Mark, you are wearing a a gray polo shirt.
1: Well, it's, you know, we have to do some TV stuff later. I just basically wear pull something off the stack, just off a clump of clothing at home and wear <laughs> that, and then I change into the real shirt later.
4: Really? Doesn't that just seem like more work? Why not just put on the first shirt? Then it saves you trouble. That's just how I do it, Greg. I like to make things more complicated than
1: they need to be.
3: Everybody has their own methods.
1: Are you uh, like Dan, um, taking
5: advantage of the ironing service over at Makeup? No,
1: I do my own. Ah, I do my you own housework.
4: All house touch with reality. We all have. Even I mean, you guys. I never got my shirt ironed by you anyone. Make fun of me for the uh, haircuts. You're getting well. You deserve that iron. Well, that flowers. was
3: still, Greg. The fact that you went behind everyone's back. I mean, that's almost as low as killing the hero picks.
4: I would be happy to get as many haircuts as I can, and that will continue if I can.
3: All right. So, yes, this is the Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, we have a lot coming up. The Monday Night Football recap, as I said. Uh, we are going to hit some news, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of QB injury news to hit, uh, amongst other stuff. And also, we have a uh, Thursday Night Football preview. You know, See, this is, this is what this is about. The wheel keeps turning. The wheel keeps turning. Monday becomes Thursday. Thursday becomes Sunday. Sunday becomes Monday. Monday becomes Tuesday. Tuesday becomes Thursday. You get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Thursday night preview: Redskins, Giants, and NFC East tilt.
5: There's a rhythmic nature to the season. It's there epi- is. It's episodical. Wait. This I,
4: whole week, like each day coming after another, it's been going on for <laughs> a while.
3: Many, many of many you came
4: up with this calendar? For,
3: for decades, <laughs> in fact, uh, time has worked.
1: Dan is pointing though to a, what is another what 21 monster weeks of this to deal right. with, and then on to the off season and on to June and our vacation. Is your annual November burnout happening early? No, this I don't year? feel burnt out, but I mean, let's be honest. Week two, might mean, it's we're barely into it. We've got months and months and months and many more months to go.
3: A little quiet at your desk today, Mark. Some speculation that there might be a September burnout this year.
1: I am simply at my desk doing work, which in our office, in our newsroom, that's, un, that's, an, that's an absolute aberration. It couldn't top the
4: August burnout he yeah, had though already, so I don't know. The September seems <laughs> better. He's a little right. overdue for a burnout.
3: It's been over three weeks since his last burnout. Uh, yes, and then finally we will get into uh, a little discussion. Which 0-2 team is in the most trouble? And there are many 0-2 teams. Greg, how many 0-2 teams? Nine. Nine. And the wow. reason Greg knows that because he has a piece up on uh, NFL.com on our Around the NFL uh, page where he breaks down which teams he believes to be in the most trouble. So we will share our opinions. Greg will attempt to trump them with his opinion because Greg is, you know, <laughs> he is naturally argumentative. He
4: Well, that's how he got to be the boss, by trumping other people's opinions.
3: <laughs> a bit of a contrarian, Greg.
4: I don't think that's People true. have told you that before, right? I'm just, uh, you know, I was raised in a in a non-practicing Jewish household where uh, (laughs) argument was uh, encouraged, naturally.
3: If you practice your Judaism, do you not argue?
4: No, well, that's where the cultural Judaism comes in, just being a jerk, you know, and arguing all the time. I grew up in a,
3: a Catholic household, and there was plenty of arguing, too. I don't know if it it's mine a cultural, well. uh, religious thing. I think mine
5: came from having six brothers and a do stubborn mother. That will do it, I too. I live
1: in a, a relatively peaceful household. Oh, that's goodness. why I can't stand the three of you have.
3: Very good. It's all coming to the surface. Uh, so why don't we get into it? We will start with Monday Night Football, a big matchup. Mm. At Lucas Oil Stadium. Ooh.
5: <laughs>
3: there it is. It's back.
5: That got me in the mood.
3: Oh, yeah. Where the New York Jets used stifling defense and forced five turnovers, including three Andrew Luck interceptions, on their way to a convincing 27-win Over the Colts in Indy, dropping the Colts to 0-2 for the second straight year. The Jets improved to 2-0, one of the big early surprises of the season. And um, Wes, you covered the game for NFL.com. I was at home with a couple of uh, greyhounds uh, enjoying myself. Don't get to watch the Jets when I'm not on the clock too often. So I had a great night. You were at the office. What did you take away from this game? Let's start with the Jets because I know that everyone is going to naturally skew towards the Colts because of everything, all the uh, the hype around them. Your thoughts about what you saw from the Jets in Week 2?
5: Well, the defense was opportunistic. And, you know, some of that fumble luck, I believe they've gotten seven fumbles so far and mm. lost zero. That's going to even out over the course of the season. You have to give Todd Bowles some credit for dialing up opportunistic blitzes I mean that he's been he did that last year very well with the Cardinals and that's carried over this year so they had 13 takeaways last year the fewest in the NFL this year they
3: already have 10. 28 over two years in the last two years under Rex
5: and Rex is supposed to be this swarming defense guru who generates turnovers but that hadn't happened but you have to give Darrell Rivas credit who had a great game he had three takeaways himself and basically took T.Y. Hilton out of the game.
1: By it, the way, they ended last week's game against Cleveland with turnovers. Yeah. They, and, and it is it's a damning statement to Rex Ryan. I realize he did not have Rex Ryan on his team last year. Obviously it was in you know, they didn't have the same numbers. Darrell Revis, you mean. Darrell Reeves, sorry, but like uh Todd Bowles is, is running a completely different team. I know here.
3: you did find a way to turn this around on Rex. I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of this has to do with the personnel because this is a totally Rex, different I team. I think
1: Bowles absolutely deserves credit for running a much cleaner defense.
3: He I think Bowles obviously doing a great job. Great job uh, with the blitzing against... They didn't have one sack on Luck, but that didn't mean that they didn't make... They hit him 11 times. Yeah, they didn't make Luck. They made his life miserable. And what's happening here, and what I'm loving, what I'm seeing so far from this defense under Bowles is they're finding ways to get in the backfield, get to the quarterback. And then now the big difference, which changes everything and explains to me why Rex struggled to get turnovers, is they have a good secondary. So when the pressure comes, there's nobody open. So when they... The, even a guy like Andrew Luck is getting flummoxed, throwing the ball up for grabs, and that leads to interceptions. So Revis, I was vintage Revis last night, even beyond... You know, Buster those,
5: Screen had a good game. Buster
3: Screen, who the Jets overpaid, I thought, to get him from the Browns, but he's in a perfect role right now, and he he set up the first interception with a perfect slot blitz, and he, he broke up a pass and played very well. Even Cromartie, who didn't look like himself, I didn't think, but just having him on the field, this defense, Greg, is a lot different.
4: Well, you're getting quarterback hits, like Wes said, from all levels of the defense. They still don't really have guys that you think of as a one-on-one, that's your pass They rusher. don't have
5: an edge rusher on the roster. But, they're, but they're they they haven't
4: bl- for years. But they're blitzing Demario Davis. That's nothing. I didn't see Rex Ryan doing that last year, and he was effective last night. Muhammad Wilkerson had a good night, and they took advantage of what's an, a lousy offensive line. I mean that's that's what you got to do. They forced luck into into bad decisions. And, and they they
1: they did it against the Colts line. And people say, oh well, the Indies line is nothing. They dominated Cleveland's line a week ago, and I think that that line is pretty strong.
3: And then on the off- offensive side of the ball, I'll say the Brandon Marshall. First of all, it was. Is a major factor here. He went over 100 yards with a touchdown and drew four penalties. He was beating up Vontae Davis before this was Davis went out.
5: Vontae Davis' worst game in two years. Yeah. Mm. He got beaten by Decker for the touchdown, the first touchdown he's given up since week 13 of 2013. And like you said, Marshall won that battle too. So
4: Davis left at halftime, but they put him. They put him to work. Well, and they need him to come back, too. They have. They do not want to go to 0-3, and that would, that you got tested for a concussion. If they're missing him in Tennessee on Sunday, that's a tricky game.
3: The biggest the biggest play of the game, the biggest moment of the game, the Jets played it very conservative, I thought, in the second and third quarter after getting out to a 10-0 lead before the half. <laughs> they kind of sat on the ball. Uh, and then, of course, as is going to eventually happen after three quarters, Andrew Luck finally gets him in the end zone. It's 10-7, and... I give Chan Gailey credit. I give him a C-plus game overall for the game he called, but he realized, you know what, they're missing three corners. If we kick a field goal or punt here, we're going to lose 14-13 or 14-10. Let's go go for it. They throw five straight passes, two more runs, then a touchdown pass to Marshall where Marshall bowls over two guys, drags them four yards into the end zone. Game over, essentially, at that point, 17-7. Just... Oh, just a great game for the Jets! Well, I'm was, so excited it, right now. It was
4: very Jetsy, though that that they didn't try to score really until the Colts scored. It was like, okay, yes. now let's try to score again. Let's stop running every first and second down. They were not running the ball very well. The Colts defense has some good Henry, things about Henry it. Anderson. The, the Colts defense actually has shown little signs of promise the last couple weeks, in in between uh, some ugly play. They by the They still
5: don't have you. You got your edge rushers are 32, 33, 34 years old, and Robert. Mathis and Trent Cool, and they're not getting to the quarterback. That's a problem. But Henry Anderson and Nick Perry, the two Stanford guys that they drafted in the third and fifth round, Henry Anderson is blowing up running game. I mean, does the Jets should
4: have been way more ahead than than 10 0.
1: Fitzpatrick had a million more chances. Than Robert Mathis? Did hmm? you see his head? It's just like <laughs> gallons <laughs> of ah! sweat coming down his head. First
4: game, game in like
3: 617 days, I think it was, Robert Mathis didn't do anything.
1: The turning point for me was yes, the Jets' touchdown sealed it, but the Gore fumble. Because I yeah. texted Wes before that happened. I said, "This the Colts are going to win this game. I just had a feeling that the Jets, because they weren't putting their foot on the gas, yeah. they were giving the Colts too much of an opportunity to come back. That fumble, which was so uncharacteristic. Untouched. More, unbelievable. But yeah. that's what's happened to the Jets. That was
3: a two blooper it's not moment. luck, but that was, they had
1: gotten their ball hand on That was
3: lucky. That was lucky. He was going to score I'm on that play. Saying, I'm
1: not chalking up the 2-0 and I'll start yeah. with luck, though. That's all.
3: And, you know, there was a shot at the end of the game. Now the Jets are 2-0, tied with the Patriots atop the AFC East. You saw Geno Smith in uh, wearing a, hat, a visor pulled down. He's an odd bird, this Geno Smith. Visor pulled below his hairline, covering up his eyes, like very somber. Looked like he was about 150 pounds, soaking wet. And the first thing that came to my mind.
5: Oh, poorly won't
3: see him no more. I'm not going to see no Geno no more. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's true. I got news for you, making The Leap candidate. He's not going
5: to play. Ryan Fitzpatrick was not spectacular this game, but again, because Ryan Fitzpatrick
4: has shown, there's no way he could hit a cold patch. I mean, even last night, <laughs> he was just throwing balls up for air. Secondly, you could get hurt; you never know. You might I bet they're going to need Geno at some point this year. But yeah, it's not a good sign when immediately after the game you have people like Chris Rock. Tweet now, Jets, you know, 2015 MVP IKN Impale, and just has you know, I Jets
3: 2015 out. MVP IKN. That's my Chris. Well,
4: that good? was that was good. All right, no. I'll
5: give you a caveat. If Eric Decker's PCL that like spring like isn't Sheck's serious, of
4: Wes. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> if
5: Decker's PCL spring isn't serious, and if the Brandon Marshall honeymoon lasts all year. I don't think Fitzpatrick's going to lose the job ever.
3: Put your pastrami where your mouth is, Greg. Yeah. I'd say there's no way uh, Geno Smith gets this job back for performance reasons by Ryan Fitzpatrick.
4: I'm with Dan on this. Hmm. That's Put- a tough one. I mean, it's Put tough to mouth start 60 games one way is. or another. I don't want to, I'm not into, I'm not into putting in a, on that. You like, are really real you now. Any type
5: of, I thought you were always into the challenge I, on the sandwich. What
4: I said before was whether it's performance or injury one way or another, I think you're going to need you're Gino changed,
1: Smith this year.
0: You've
3: changed,
4: Greg. Oh, oh, yeah, Greg
1: has hit some sort of life pivot. Okay. you dropped out of picks. You don't want to do sandwiches anymore. I'm a happy man. I think it's, you know, you're a little concerned. He's telling us his daughter's preschool is a little costly. Starting there's starting his a, pennies.
3: There's been a, a my, I'm not going to say major, but there's been a noticeable dip in charisma. Wow.
1: Whoa, charisma. You know,
3: between quitting picks and now not taking sandwich wagers. You know, it's starting to add up a little bit. I mean,
1: Greg, was it worth dropping out of the picks to do what you're going to have to do, which is deal with 17 plus weeks of Dan coming at you on every episode. And I am such... outside of the show... Probably 15 times
4: a day and at <laughs> night on text. I am, a, I am such i s. D-. I'm sorry, me, I, but I can't help I it. I care more about you guys, but no, it doesn't bother me at all. All
3: right. <laughs> Let, one more thing before we move, uh, well, move wait, on to the Colts. Yeah, we should before talk about Before we move the Colts on to the Colts, Colts I just want to say is it still crazy to think the Jets are the number 10 team
1: in the NFL? I don't think so. No, it's not crazy, especially with some of Bang. the things that don't look the way we thought they would.
3: All right, let's move on to the Colts. I got nothing else.
1: They're a
5: sloppy, dysfunctional, chaotic mess. And I wonder how much of that starts with the infighting between mm. the general manager and the coach. We saw that infighting take down three teams last year, mm. most uh, notoriously the 49ers. But this team is so undisciplined on offense. Every unit on the offense was horrible. And Every time they do something good, the offensive line gets a penalty called on them. This happened in week one. It happened in week two. They can't get any momentum going. They can't pick up blitzes. Andrew Luck is not playing well. I don't think the ball's coming out of his hand as emphatically as it did. And I don't think he's making good decisions in the pocket like he has in the past.
3: Frank Gore, big fumble. Andre Johnson looks old. Gore looked good when he wasn't fumbling. He better. had he two, should have gotten the ball more, I thought.
5: He had two ten or eleven yard gains called back on penalties. He looked really good. Uh I don't know what else to say positive about this. They're, they were Pep Hamilton should have adjusted and done what the Patriots did against the Bills and spread him out,
3: played hurry up, he didn't do that. Even had him infinitaries missing field Twenty nine yard field. I get the He's feeling. He's got white hair too. He does. It's it's full <laughs> on now.
1: I'm bringing real analysis. I
3: here. get I get the feeling that um Andrew Luck will dodge a lot of heavy criticism this week, and I think it will be more seen as a systemic issue with the Colts. But you're, Luck, if, if he is as good as we all say he is, and I'm not saying he's not awesome, but if he is as good as he, as we say he is a top three quarterback, he should be, the team should be playing better than they are right now. I don't he's not think,
4: playing well. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he was quite there last season. Four out of the six of us uh, picked him to win the MVP this year, but I don't think he's ever put together – five, six straight games and consistent quarter to quarter at that top level that we've seen out of a Brady or Rodgers when they're really cooking. He hasn't done that. He still has moments where he looks like a young quarterback. I think you're absolutely right. And Pagano made a very clear point to put it on him that this isn't, he called it, he says, this isn't trigonometry, <clears throat> you know, that you can't turn the ball over this much. He needs to get better and then he also said he should be used to it by now when they asked about his lousy offensive line which I don't even think was an indirect shot at Ryan Grigson it was that's just a direct a, shot it's a direct shot at that's Ryan that's also not
1: fair get used to a bad offensive line how about <laughs> upstairs start to fix this but Are I that, watch how Andrew about was... the
3: shot upstairs of Ryan Grigson well, well, when they he caught himself on camera after he was like clearly like complaining probably Absolutely. about Chaz Pagano let's face it and then <laughs> someone's like hey Ryan you're on camera he's like He, like, steadied himself, like, adjusted his hair. Go
1: ahead. Yeah, but Albert Breer (laughs) tweeted this morning that people around the league, that they feel bad for Pagano, which was a way of saying that the issue is Grigson. Well, we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is.
5: The issue is both of them. I don't know why it has to be one or the other. Pagano's team is playing with no discipline whatsoever.
1: I watch Luck, and it's like when you see a really great actor in a really crappy movie, and you just Mm. can't save it.
3: All right, I got a feeling the Colts are going to come up a little later in the show when we get into our 0-2 teams discussion. So, hold all your hot takes, Scorchers. Greg, I know you got one coming up. I've got nothing. You got nothing. All right, I don't believe it. Uh, hey, Brandon McGinnis, behind the glass, it's Irish Tuesdays. Yes, sir. With Brandon McGinnis. How are you doing, buddy?
2: You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty upset that Romo got hurt. <laughs>
3: you are? What? You're hurting?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty upset. I because... thought you were a Patriots fan. No, I mean, I'm feeling like i'm gonna owe three people sandwiches oh
4: um,
2: yeah so i don't what think was i had a proposition what was it? we
4: don't remember any of these
2: anymore uh well luckily that guy made the go get my lunch.org and he reminded me that i had romo having more passing yards than eli
1: Oof. oh
5: yeah
2: you're <laughs> That's so over. So, and
5: eli never misses games
2: Exactly. So I'm, I'm hurting now, but who know, Who knows? You're praying Rub for up. an asteroid
4: to land in East Well, Rome.
1: here's what you're <laughs> praying
4: for, that we for, we don't track down wherever you're living by January.
3: Yeah, Unfortunately, That's true. your
4: time with us is coming up soon. You'll be halfway to Tijuana.
2: Next Thursday, I'm gone.
3: <laughs> and then <I'm> going <laughs> to See Tijuana. Now? Uh, we don't like hearing that, by the way, Brendan, but we know or we hope you'll be back. Let's do some news. Click that for your Emmy reel. What? what? <laughs> Great friend of the show, Lindsay Rhodes, of course. All right, let's start with some quarterback injury news. And we got to start with Drew Brees, who didn't quite look himself in Week 2 as the Saints lost a disappointing game to the Bucs. And now we have some reasons why. Uh, Rap Sheet reported that the Saints believe Brees has an injury to his rotator cuff, an injury that's causing him weakness, pain, and discomfort that will likely cause him to miss games, according to sources with knowledge of the injury. Uh, He could miss several games, Rap Report reports. Uh, with more testing to come uh, this week. Uh, Greg Drew Brees, of course, before he came to New Orleans, suffered a shoulder injury, uh, right shoulder injury, that kind of led to him ending up at the Saints. Do you see this? And you you said it uh, yesterday that this could be the beginning of the end for Drew Brees, potentially, depending on the severity.
4: Yeah, we there's conflicting reports out there, first of all, how long he's going to be out or whether he has a chance to play this week. So So we'll see. But a shoulder injury... Even if he is on the field, like we're going to have to evaluate whether that changes what kind of player he is this year. Who knows about the future? If he doesn't need surgery, that's obviously a very positive sign. But my immediate thought when I heard this was, are they going to have the same situation that the Colts had with Andrew Luck? Where the season that their franchise quarterback gets hurt, they end up. Drafting number one or number two because I think without Drew Brees, this is the worst team in the NFL. Mm. They're right there with That's the Bears. Interesting. In the New Orleans, you know, we've there's
1: posts written as of two seasons ago where you don't hear this in New England. Where in New England, they're not like sitting around thinking about post Tom Brady, but the Saints for a long time have been thinking about post Drew Brees before this injury, based on what he's been on the field. He's not been the same guy last season as he was in years past.
4: And I and I just think if the Saints have a really poor season regardless of whether Breeze is on the field or not, that there's going to be questions about Sean Payton's future, whether it's Sean Payton wanting to get out, whether it's the team just wanting to get a fresh start. It's really early in the season. But this team looked really poor overall, not just Drew Breeze. And they're going to Carolina this week. If they lose at the game, they are three games back in the division already. And that, that's, a pretty it, big, that's a pretty big hole for a team that doesn't have a defense.
3: Doesn't it feel it's been a great run with Breeze and Payton? And who knows? Maybe he, he recovers from this and they end up going to the playoffs and have a nice season. You never know. But is it, are we edging towards a territory where it feels like the Saints need to hit the reboot button and start I, over?
5: I think it does. And you, it, it's kind of dispiriting to see two years in a row this malaise hanging over the team. A team that we thought was more talented. And you see in week one, Rob Ryan and Sean Payton bickering on the sidelines. I mean, that. The, what's, what's really going on here? There, it seems like there's more to the story.
4: Right, and they, it, it seems like a schizophrenic team, a very emotional team. I, that reminds me of the image of Sean Payton just absolutely chewing out Stanley uh, John-Baptiste in the fourth preseason game, who was their second-round pick from a year ago, and then they cut him after that game. And I'm just kind of thinking, like... I mean, it just seems like a weird organization where the head coach is just absolutely crushing the team, the pick he took a year ago in the second round, and they cut him after the game. And it's like, you're the guy who took him. It's your fault that you took him. Like, I know you're mad at you know him, but it's like, it's a lot of decisions like that where they're mad at Junior Gallet, but they're, they're the ones that gave him the money. They're not happy with Jimmy Graham. Well, they're the ones that gave him the money.
5: Starting to think Sean Payton might not be a nice guy. <laughs> it's possible.
4: I wonder if there would ever
1: be, if two teams melted down, Dallas doesn't have a quarterback right now, and the Saints don't have a quarterback mm. potentially, that you have a coach flip where Garrett takes over the Saints next year and Peyton goes where he's always wanted to go, the Cowboys. <laughs> Lives in Dallas, you, Jerry Jones loves Jerry Sean Jerry Jones Dayton.
3: loves Jason Garrett too, though
4: does, but if you talk a about a team
1: that might need to change of pace at some point, that could be two of them.
4: I can't believe you didn't bring up the, the, big, the other big story here, that Luke McCown, um, oh. America's darling. Just
3: about to say it. An actual quote in my favorite new commercial of the NFL season, Luke McCown um, pimping Verizon products. Here's the quote. I bet if they just had the chance, some of those backups would really shine.
5: How do you think yeah, that? We meet, might say it? How do you think that meeting went on the third floor of Verizon headquarters when they decided to get Luke McCown to pitch <laughs> their commercial? Well, we're talking someone's about ge- someone's it. Someone's I've heard a, a lot genius. of people
4: yeah. talking about it. It's working, but also
1: bad idea for a commercial in the sense that so many backup quarterbacks wind up playing that at some point, no matter which backup you pick, disaster's going to strike. You do you think you blow that
3: him. that affects the
1: commercial itself? They should have picked someone <laughs> so deep in the distance that it they have no be chance that he's to playing. get out. playing it kind of
4: gets everyone even.
1: It makes know. no sense anymore. You gotta pull the ad, he's not a backup.
3: You say weeks the pull season. the plug of the entire million-dollar campaign.
1: I say find a backup that's a third-string guy that's gonna, you know, so mm. much way to back, in the way difference. back. Like McCown is one bad snap. Yeah, but away they from might the
3: not everyone has the comic timing of a Luke McCown. Like
1: Robert, no, I did no. not
4: realize that he was such an asset. Or the area. looks. Or if you're Verizon, you got a lot of cash in your pocket. You go straight to Peyton and Mickey Loomis. You say, <laughs> hey, we're gonna give you a million dollars. You play Garrett Grayson. Keep McCown as the backup. You'll get the number one pick next year. Everyone's happy. Well, they got a double down with Garrett and That's what you do. Who's more buried than
1: RG3?
3: What was
5: that?
1: Who's more buried than
5: RG3? That could have been your commercial story. Talk to Subway about how that worked
3: out. No more RG3. All right. (laughs) Other injury news. This involving Tony Romo, who we know, of course, fractured his clavicle in the second half of uh, the Cowboys' 2010 win over the Eagles on Sunday. The team confirmed Tuesday that Romo was placed on IR Boomerang, which to those that are uninitiated, that is the injured reserve slash designated to return list. Uh, it ensures he'll miss at least the next eight weeks. He's eligible to return to action uh, in time for the team's week twelve, week 11 matchup against the Dolphins. But that is not a guarantee, but that is the first time he possibly can play. Mm. Mark?
1: Well, I have a side, Kevin. How about Go ahead. Well, Let's I want to say that nothing, nothing greater has happened in my own career. The fact that Wes and I, I think, one morning just casually – Cooked up IR boomerang as a term, and it's sitting at the top of NFL.com stack.
4: We're proud, and yeah, it's still completely
1: it's not caught on with the rest of the football community
4: on any level. <laughs> we we did not even caught on with the rest of the news desk. It was taking some heat from from some unnamed uh, shadowy. It doesn't Here's me. the
3: thing. Here's the thing. Like it's a very fine line, and I'll use somewhat of an esoteric example. But Deadspin, it bothers me that Deadspin has been pushing Balgazi all throughout the DeflateGate scandal, and they're like <laughs> for, jamming it down everyone's throats, and it never took. But they keep using it. It might be we might be in a similar situation no, now. No. With
1: well, we're not scummy. We're Bro,
5: not trying to be fancy and timely with some kind of newsy name. It also it really makes this this functions like a boomerang, plus, and it's a callback. No, it's brilliant. I love I know, it. It's a callback to a cultural thing from our friends in Australia that should be getting more attention.
4: Well, now well it's said.
5: now you're stretching well a little Well
4: said. <laughs> Oh,
3: yeah. By the way, Tony Romo's out. Eight weeks. Yeah, Tony Romo. (laughs) We know that now. But here's the one thing I also want to mention about this situation. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but uh, here's the good news for Cowboys fans. Jerry Jones told a Dallas radio station that Brandon Whedon, uh, here's the quote, Frankly, frankly, you won't see a more gifted passer. Power, accuracy, the entire aspect of it. This is, you know, Mark, as you know, Brandon Whedon, uh, despite going 7-of-7 seven seven on Sunday without warming up on the sideline, <laughs> is a guy that has a pass rating of about 73 and is 6-and-15 as a starter.
1: No, Outside of Blake Borders, no quarterback has a lower QBR in his career over the last four years. Mm. I mean, it's been an absolute disaster. He called him a thing of beauty. And I think that's just classic Stupid. Jerry Jones trying to give up. My, my one thing with Brandon Whedon, I think we've gone over it a thousand times what's it, what the issues are with his play. He does not strike me as a quarterback with any amount of confidence. And he, he has had nothing in his career happen to build that confidence. You see him on the bench. Last week. Wrote, right. He's just sitting there, and the look on his face is one of absolute terror, that he's absolutely an element in you the You know game. when this
3: all started? The lack. Of, he was a confident man when he was a high school star. He was confident in college. He was confident when he was a baseball star. He was confident when he got drafted in the first round in the NFL. And then what happened, Mark?
1: Well, opening game, all the soldiers are out, all the trumpets. And Brandon Whedon doesn't realize to get off the field and he gets caught under a gigantic full-sized American flag. Literally for hours.
3: literally a giant red flag.
1: That's the first thing you do as a starting quarterback. He was down there for months. Finally emerges on the wrong sideline and nothing's improved since.
3: In other injury news, Jay Cutler is out at least 2 weeks with a hamstring injury this according to Rap Sheet. Uh, He suffered it while (laughs) attempting to make a tackle during a pick six, which is funny, but it's not funny that anyone gets hurt because you don't root for injuries. However, Cutler... Could be out longer, which opens the door for Jimmy Clausen. And I'll see you, Luke McCown, making the Saints the worst uh, NFL well, team, and fair. raise you, Jimmy Clausen, making the Bears potentially historically
5: crappy. Clausen started a game for performance reasons last year.
1: That was a bad decision <laughs> that's too. Fair.
4: That's fair. They're going to Seattle this week, so I guess it doesn't matter if you have Jay Cutler or not. I do think this is the worst team overall in the NFL if everyone's healthy, because I don't, I don't know what they have. The, that they can really hang on to. They got a couple skill no, position players, but that's it.
3: I'm no college expert, but I heard there are some good quarterback prospects. Uh, just go to the tank, bears. Just what start do the these tanks, three quor-
5: these three injured quarterbacks? What do they have in common? They, they're all 32 they're white. years or older. Oh. Start of the season, ten quarterbacks were 32 years or older. Forty percent of them have already been injured. Hmm.
3: They're also white. True.
4: Is that where I don't think West was going there primarily?
5: Oh, I'm okay. saying that old quarterbacks are more likely to get injured than young quarterbacks.
4: Uh, not well, to, I not to go back to Romo, by the way. But it is, I, I was just thinking, it is interesting you didn't put Des Bryant on there that they put Romo on it that they're more confident Romo's going to be out longer than Des. But maybe, isn't maybe
1: Romo's... We talked about Romo's four to six weeks at this point, three to five weeks potentially. Well, I think R- Romo now it is eight weeks.
4: Romo's
5: is more is, finite, right? I mean, you're getting six to eight weeks regardless. But whereas with Des, with Des, who knows? Three three the Irishman
3: has another point to make about what Wes said.
2: They're all in the NFC. All those oh, quarterbacks in the this.
3: NFC There's, as wait, well. This
5: is becoming... Well, the fourth guy is Josh McCown, who's in the AF. Well, right. They've all never been in my kitchen.
2: <laughs> I heard what's the uh, similarities between the three.
5: Hey, you know this newfound uh, love of Brandon Whedon that Greg has? I don't have a love of yeah, Brandon I've Whedon. I'm saying
4: that. they can survive with a backup quarterback. It's the new Greg. Paps. What was that quote? They can survive? They with could the, survive this, this loud division. This
5: is a quote from Greg Rosenthal last year. The Cowboys will struggle to win any games with Whedon behind center. It's a totally different team, though. That's my I also whole would, point. If I would also suggest is
4: good. That the right, they
3: don't have DeMarco Murray and Des Bryant. Bryant. I would like to make the suggestion that we don't go back into any of our posts from last year because we could probably fish
1: Game. Wes is
4: playing.
3: We could fish out
1: some. I think
4: when you're over. talking like about it. evaluating like one it. player
5: and he hasn't played a snap
4: since we you wrote we go that. Back to last season. That we can go back to last week and talk about the Lions as a playoff team and four Andrew Luck MVP picks. Great. We didn't, hasn't game. played
5: a snap since you wrote that evaluation, and now you're changing it. You look good.
1: You
4: look Damn, good. Last great yes. potential game. Each
1: one of us gets like a you know a Christmas thing where you pull someone's name out of a hat and <laughs> we go back and find the most outlandish <laughs> thing that that person's written on NFL.com and you bring it to the show.
3: There would be no shortage. For any of us. All right. Finally, uh, bad news out of Minnesota where Ragnar, uh, who has been the man on the sidelines, he dresses as a a North, a Norse pillager. He's been there, guy since 94. He drives around on a motorcycle. Very crazy person. Uh, He's out after making a bold power play. And keep this in mind. uh, And I'm looking at you, Mark. Uh, in upcoming contract negotiations, he took a hardline stance. He said he wanted twenty thousand dollars per game to continue in the role as Ragnar. His name, by the way, is Joe Geronich. Up from fifteen hundred per game, that adds up to one hundred and sixty grand a year, or two hundred grand if you put in the preseason game. He wants like a one thousand percent raise. And here's what the Minnesota Vikings said: "Uh, no, <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. Wait, he's a
1: Norse <laughs> pillager." who is riding around on a moped using American (laughs) currency a very confused individual. He is. What made him
5: think that he had any kind of leverage? Like the Ravens aren't going to hire him to play it, Rygar in
4: their it, team. And the it's easy thing. to replace him too, right, just another just guy with a beard. Else. Right. Like, oh, who is who is advising him to go up to 20,000? <laughs> Why not go to 5? That seems like a pretty big jump. It's over 300% of an increase. Probably pretty another sure. viking with no sense of money. What about yeah,
3: by the way, <laughs> well, they by, know to, they know how to pillage but they don't know how to save. Pretty him. sure I can go not to a enough. rest
1: it's stop and find
3: news. any number of old men with beards and motorcycles. Just if you want an exact <laughs> number, he was asking for a 1,233% raise.
1: you fired. Do those people,
4: do you have an agent if you're a mascot? Are not anymore. A <laughs> guy pulled off the street, basically. All
3: right, that's what's happening. <laughs> they
4: should in the change news. the name of the Vikings. Maybe that's going to be my new crusade. It
1: sounds like it. <laughs> well, what's worse than that? That are the LA Lakers, which are based off Minnesota you should, thousands of lakes. There's not a lake in LA.
5: You should start a website and just write Minnesota. And, and not say the Vikings, and then you can just say it every time where it's bad grammar. Mm.
3: All good options. <laughs> good discussion, guys. Sorry, Ragnar. Let's move on to Thursday Night Football. Let's talk about a quick talk. Uh, no, actually, you know what? Let's do this first. Let's talk about – we'll save that for last, little TNF talk. Let's talk about uh, – we have 9 o- and 0-2 teams, right, Greg?
4: That's correct.
3: And all of them are in trouble on some level, I'm sure – there is a stat that tells you the percentage of teams that start owned to don't make the playoffs is probably pretty high, but we see every year teams dig themselves
4: out. 12%, although there's been a bunch in the last couple of years.
3: So let's uh, go around the uh, the room, and I'll start with you, Mark Sessler, uh, which, and again, read on NFL.com. Greg has a post-up where he, he really digs in.
4: Vanity URL slash teams in trouble. Really? Yeah. Yes.
3: Love vanity URLs. So check that out, NFL.com slash teams in trouble. Mark, who is the 0-2 team that is in the biggest trouble?
1: I'm going to go with where we thought they were and where they are. That's the Baltimore Ravens You're 0-2, and, and you just played a game in Oakland. I understand you opened with the Broncos. You, you need to come out of that 1-1 one one because of what's coming up next. you got the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns three games in a row, then you have back-to-back trips mm. to the West Coast to play the 49ers and Cardinals. After that, you got the Chargers. That's a tough, tough schedule. And the problem for me a little bit is, yes, you move the ball well against the Raiders, despite the fact that you don't really have a downfield threat without Brashad Perryman in the mix. Steve, Steve Smith is your best player right now. Your second-best target is Crockett Gilmore, a second-year tight end. And your defense just gave up 400-plus yards to the Oakland Raiders who haven't put a dent in anyone in a year-plus. So there are a lot of things. The Ravens are a good team that typically, they get into a, if they get into a swamp, they figure it out. But this is, they haven't been 0-2 since 2005, mm. and they don't seem like a team that quite knows who they are right now.
3: Did they make the playoffs that year?
1: They did not. Not they that it matters.
4: 6-10. They could easily be 2-0. But I think— Not easily. Oh, well, they lost by basically a play in both of them. I don't both like to say games. that about a team that's giving up 37 points. To I mean, I'm just saying— Fair enough. game. In the like game. some some 2-0 and o teams, like the Broncos. Got the fire teams, coming at you, by the way. Zero, like, I don't two. know if you noticed. I was going to say I agree, though, that they're in deep trouble, not only because they don't have something they can depend on, but because of what you mentioned in terms of the schedule, and I think that's an issue for the entire AFC North, that it's going to be difficult to get two teams. You play the NFC West out of division. You have very tough in-division games, so that makes a, a bigger hole at 0-2. Yeah. I
1: think,
3: I think the, personally, I think the Steelers are in very good position to make the playoffs. I think the Bengals look really good. So, yeah, I agree with you. If this was a year of the Ravens were going to miss it, this makes sense. Chris Wessling, your pick.
5: Texans are in huge trouble. You can mask a lot of weaknesses in the NFL. You can't mask bad quarterback play. And Bill O'Brien told us, told the whole world, these two guys are great players and nobody appreciates them. And <laughs> they'll really, show the should world. Should I take up this quote again? They'll show it. the He's world. really
4: offended, West that he insulted our intelligence. Well,
5: it's it's the same thing that Jerry Jones said. Like, quit, quit selling us a bill of goods, guys. We, yeah. We've seen these players. And Brian Hoyer, he got benched because he has a mechanical flaw. He patted the ball before every throw and stared down receivers. They put Mallet in. He stares down receivers and then tries to throw a hole through them. He doesn't <laughs> lead his receivers in any way. He's a wait-and-see quarterback. He waits to see his receivers get open, throws as hard as he can, and he has no accuracy or touch. He's basically Brandon Weeden.
4: He has Colin Kaepernick disease. I actually wrote that as one of my notes when I rewatched that game, which is if there's a receiver five yards in front of him, it doesn't matter. He's going to throw the 140-mile-an-hour it fastball. It's like he, he took off, I forget which, it might have been Cecil Shorts. So he back practically broke his hands on one of the plays, and, and it led to the end of a possession.
3: Bill O'Brien on hard knocks. Nobody talks about the Houston Texans because nobody thinks we're going to win. And the disrespect they show our quarterbacks, I'm tired of that too because both those kids can play. They just need a chance, and one of them is going to get it. Enough
5: they, can play, is enough. they can play so much that you gave him three quarters in the openers <laughs> to let him prove that you were so prescient you your – Critique of Bill-
3: American society. <laughs> if you love, yeah, if you love, uh, if you watch Hard Knocks, you love Bill O'Brien. He came off so well. I, Family Sorry, man. I know. No, I no. don't love him.
5: Well, I, I watched Hard Knocks.
4: Yeah. From my, from-
3: as a person, as a, as a human, he, he seemed like a good guy. I love but
4: your recaps of it. Yes. That's what I love. It okay. basically
3: saved it for Thanks. Me. Wait, you didn't? You weren't touched by at home? Greg's
5: and, right. I'm really having a hard time getting over this. Bill O'Brien getting so <laughs> upset about people critiquing his crappy quarterbacks, and then he pulls them after three quarters.
1: Part of that is way to coaches, stand your ground, Bill O'Brien. That's how coaches though
4: they they come at this differently <laughs> than analysts. And this I, is not as surprising as my Brandon Whedon love. You're just total fact, you know, fascination with this one little bit.
3: Who, by the way, Look, he's a Belichick disciple, and you carry the war for the Patriots all the way up the hill. I, I like the Patriots.
5: They run a great operation. But Belichick doesn't go around saying, hey, look, Brian Hoyer can play. Well,
4: it's like Rex Ryan <laughs> says. A lot of, a lot of guys have tried to beat Belichick leaving that building. Not many success my, stories.
3: Uh, my pick for 0-2 team in the biggest trouble is the Colts. We talked about them earlier. This team's soft. It's a soft team, and it reminds me. You know what it reminds me of? And they might, who knows, they might go 10-6 and in this uh, terrible division and make the playoffs. But it doesn't mean I have to take them seriously. Because they look like an early 2000s Peyton Manning team, crappy defense, and the young quarterback making too many mistakes, trying to make up for it, and with it, there's major questions about skill positions in my mind, especially Andre Johnson, a lot of pressure on Frank Gore to carry uh, the load on offense, and T.Y. Hilton to stay healthy.
4: Other than the Seahawks, I think they're in the best shape of any 0-2 team, because They have Andrew Luck, who we all think is going to be a great quarterback. And they're in the AFC South. It's just the ultimate uh, eraser. It's the ultimate, okay, it's fine. We're we're going to fix everything. This this week is a perfect example. They are 0-2 and everything looks terrible. The next three games... Are Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Houston, and, and maybe they'll have an ugly win this week, and things will look a little better next week. Suddenly, things will be rolling against Houston. You're three and two. He's sixteen and three against you just the division. Giving them
1: six wins against that division. I think that the Titans Do are year. a different team than last season, and the Jaguars, if Blake Bortles We're, continues we to be to a little bit different,
3: redefine biggest trouble. Like. Yeah, they'll probably make the playoffs, but I think they'll get wiped out as soon as they play a good team in the playoffs. And right. for a team that's supposed to go to the Super Bowl, that's what I'm right. saying. I do. I can make a strong
5: argument they'll be a much stronger team yeah, in January. They played the second half last night without the top four cornerbacks on their roster. And they had a pretty good run defense. They've had a pretty good run defense two weeks in a row. So I don't think that their defense is terrible. Their offense, Andrew Luck traditionally has done well against blitzes. Mm. So this is a two-game aberration. Andre Johnson, maybe he's still getting his chemistry with Andrew Luck, and and Luck has to see that maybe he doesn't need separation to make a play. T.Y. Hilton playing with a bum knee. Phillip Dorsett not yet up to speed.
4: Offensive line not gelling yet. You can say that these guys will be a much better team in a few months. One thing I've learned on the Throne of Ease is that September has no relation to January at all. The only thing it does Patriots. is putting—I'm no, talking about in general. All it does is, is putting wins— in the standings that you need, that you're going to need to get to January. But I don't think teams in September have almost any connection. Football is about building your team throughout the season. And I do think the Colts have the pieces that they could be one of those teams that gets a lot better throughout well, the right. season. I, is I
5: their roster weaker than it was last year? I don't think so. Is
3: it better? Yes. I
5: really I don't disagree think September with you. Matters.
1: I don't think you compare the Indianapolis Colts to the New England Patriots on any level right now. And Dan's point is where the expectations are the Colts are and where they are. The, 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 yeah, the Patriots have started 2-1 and one or 1-2 one and two a few times, but they've done it and one they've and gotten three. it 12-4 and four over and over and over and over. The Colts inside internally are a hot mess right now from everyone that we're hearing from. Yeah. That's what they're saying. The, the Patriots are absolutely seal-tight year but after year. There's
4: no I issue. I mean that for all teams. I mean, the Seahawks start off slow. The Patriots start off fast, and I kind of think it doesn't really mean that much right now either because they need to be building throughout the season. They were 3-0 and the year they were defending the title in 2002. They didn't make the playoffs. I'm just saying they have the pieces in where they can figure some things out. Yeah, and you have to go back a decade plus to see the be, year that the Patriots did make the playoffs.
3: I wouldn't be stunned either if this all went to hell, then they win eight games and don't even go to the playoffs. Right.
5: I think they have a stronger roster than they did in January, and I think after two games, I'm not writing them off. Like, anything can happen in the next three months. uh, Greg.
4: Well, I had the Saints, I wrote this article, I didn't even count the Bears as one of the teams uh, that should be included, because we thought they were going to be terrible, and they are terrible, so just forget about them. (laughs) I put the Saints number one as the team in the most trouble, because there was legitimate expectations. I wrote that before Drew Brees was hurt, so I think, you know, it's doubly true now, we've already talked about uh, this team at length, but... To me, their, their season, if he misses a, a week or two, is essentially over. And like I said, I think they could be the number one pick in the draft if he misses half the season, something like that.
5: Since 1990, 12% of teams that start 0-2 make the playoffs. So basically, one of these nine teams, mathematically, will make the playoffs.
4: Right, and, and, I, and I would, if I had to guess, I think more than one because you got the Seahawks and the Colts both in there. Yeah, you got to think they got a chance. I think the Eagles still have a chance, at least in that division,
5: So I think. For sure. The Ravens seem to me the one that.
4: Yeah. Is I
5: think Mark raises a good point. You're in a tough division. You start out 0-2, and, and the math is working
4: against you. Detroit's the other one that immediately came to mind because their, their next yeah, three weeks are tough, and they don't hmm. really have anything that they've looked good doing so far. I think
3: I think we might have blown it. One of us should have talked about the Lions. We, we,
2: well, t- we, we covered
4: I that angle on Sunday.
3: I yeah, did. That's true. You're right.
2: I should have talked Lions. The
3: Irishman, by the way, has a point or a, a factoid or something.
2: You know, from our research department back here, D'Angelo, uh, <laughs> since 2009, 45 teams started 0-2 two of them have made the playoffs
3: mm. it's getting it's harder d'angelo by the way a rising star behind the glass
1: he'll be producing the show in about a week so it's promising <laughs>
3: maybe he can get uh never mind <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll leave it at that wes had something cooking though no, Keep uh, that never in mind. mind all right let's uh let's wrap the show by talking about thursday night football and uh, the uh, time is a flat circle we're not talking about week three mark interesting (laughs) yes and the Redskins the Washington Redskins uh, a 24-10 win last week over the Rams uh, a type of win that instills hope and Mark was talking up their defense in our last show and now they uh, have a big matchup division matchup against the New York Giants who should be 2-0 if not for some monumental errors by their quarterback and by their coach and a complete inability to close they are instead 0-2 after another loss this time to the Falcons at home. So uh, here's a game uh, between two teams that really need it. Our thoughts. Start with you, Wes.
5: I watched the Redskins game last night, and I came away thinking they should be the team of
4: ATL.
3: Oh, hell no. Oh, my gosh. Never I kind, a of, ag-
4: I kind of agree with Wes. We, um, we talked about this on Twitter. I don't get it. You don't like teams... With, with, that are held back by their quarterbacks. Their coaching is telling you they believe they're held back by Kirk Cousins. No, no, no. no. Don't they put not, words they're not an exciting Don't
5: team. put words in my mouth. I don't dislike teams held back by their quarterbacks. I, I dislike teams with inept quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins is anything but inept. Oh, yeah. He's any. He's what is he he moving? moving.
1: He's, he's positive. Every time he starts, best he case moves scenario. the offense. He was 23 for 27. You and I like
5: different things about quarterbacks and hate different things about quarterbacks. I can't stand quarterbacks who don't move the offense. I don't care about the turnovers so much. They scored 10 points. But they should have had 22. They they missed field goals. They missed opportunities. They moved the offense.
1: He also threw a mind-numbing interception. Again, that
5: doesn't bother me nearly as much as sheer inaptitude and not being able to move the offense. It's
1: also not just Cousins. I mean, the way that their offense is formed right now, They have basically Jeff Fisher came out of the Rams game saying this is this year's Dallas Cowboys. Mm. That's what their line is because they have a second in the league behind the Cowboys in time of possession. Matt Jones looks like a rookie of the year candidate. He's running the ball very well, and they don't need Kirk Cousins to throw the ball 44 times. He got I in trouble last year when they put him in those kind of games. I
4: think if you were, and it's stupid to even talk like this, but if you were just looking at great coaching performances for the first two weeks, Jay Gruden and the Redskins have done an unbelievable job. They had them in position and really should have won that week one. They are minimizing Kirk Cousins' weaknesses by not allowing him to do too much, quick passes. He's looked good, and the running game looks unbelievable, like you said. I mean, Alfred Morris... Is getting, you know, he's a great backup running back, but that's what he is right now because they had Matt Jones in at the end of the game when it mattered. Or he sh- oh, it's what it should be. It's what he I mean, should Alfred be. Morris has ran really well the last two games, too. But you have you have a situation where he's getting caught while he's going laterally by Michael Brockers, whereas Matt Jones is running 39 yards down the field. Like, that's a big boy who can catch the ball, who could be short yardage. I think he's got everything that you would want in like a top five or six NFL back, Well, much there's less, much less lean that team.
5: There's only a handful of humans on the planet. That move like that yeah. at six two two three. That's all I'm
4: saying. Alfred Morris is great. I just say I think. I don't think Alfred Morris
1: had like a 35 yard run too because that line is getting breaking some holes and, and Bill Morris Callahan, looked, young coach of the year assistant. How about that?
4: I agree. Not Morris yet. looked
5: dynamite in the opener. I don't think either of the one of these guys is going away. They're gonna run. They want to run it 35 to 40 times a game. So that's the and look, he's not Matt Jones isn't the, most, the only exciting guy in this offense. Jordan Reed is playing lights mm-hmm. out.
4: That's
3: fair. Until he pulls his hamstring and It's
5: the
4: most days. positive Redskins stock we've had since. I was going to say, we universally,
3: are... and then and good, things change. Their front seven's we, legit, too. We Jason missed this. Hatcher is playing we great. We totally whiffed as a group because I think universally we picked them as the worst team in the well, NFL there were Redskins. two weeks ago.
5: We had a huge caveat on that.
3: We picked when RG3 was the quarterback. But we quarterback. knew RG3 wasn't going to remain the quarterback. Who thought he was we, going to start the majority Look, of if
5: games? you enter the season with a guy under center who has been a cancer to your team, it's easy to pick them to be 32nd in the league. How if about you the open defense? the season, so no one
4: saw the defense and granted they've only played the Dolphins and the Rams, but they've done a really nice job. Like you mentioned Jason Hatcher, Uh, Keenan
5: Robinson and Perry Riley
4: playing good in the middle. Preston Smith, the rookie, played great. I mean, we were talking about McGloon, but really a lot of these guys are Bruce Allen's picks that are playing the most snaps. I mean, the McGloon picks, Paella and Knight, are not on the field a ton for this team. It's guys like Jason Hatcher, who didn't look like a good signing, you know, stepping up, playing pretty well.
1: There was a beat writer that actually wrote an article apologizing because he was so wrong about the Redskins before the season. And I think it's one of the teams that tons of people whiffed on. Because you just automatically look at it's such a chaotic quarterback situation that you don't look at what's happening with the rest of the team. I
5: can't blame anybody for whiffing on the Redskins when they thought that RG3 would be the quarterback. How because about, he forgot how to play quarterback. I
1: think most people, I would have said, "Listen, you're going to get RG three, but you're going to get Cousins. You're probably going to get called McCoy for a couple games too." It's that's right. Like everyone last- thought, but we know no, that's a recipe that. for
5: disaster going from quarterback to quarterback.
1: All oh, right, but no one thought it was going to be RG three from wire to wire.
3: No, but my point
5: is, wait, did end-
1: Cousins
3: get named the starter like week three right. of the preseason?
1: It, it came down to what... it. Wasn't just Cousins. It was it, like the it happened after we
3: picked disaster. our power pool. I'm just saying. That's I feel like you know a little bit of a. Flip-flop yeah, by us we here. Were I don't think it. so. We I totally wrong. disagree. We were wrong about a lot of teams, though.
5: In fact, when we talked about it, I said we voted, and I had them 32nd. I said at the time, if, if I knew Cousins was the starter, I'd have put them in the in the early 20s. Dave.
3: What about the Giants, by the way? Can I uh, hit the Giants here? Uh, is there any chance, and they have a home game against the Redskins team that everybody or a lot of people will probably think they'll get on the board here and win, if they lay an egg and the Redskins keep playing well, is there any way Tom Goff, Coughlin doesn't survive the season? If if the wheels really come flying off here, they,
1: number one, you have to look at what type of assistance they could elevate to interim coach. But the Giants Spags. don't. Really, the Giants don't operate <laughs> that way. The Giants are gonna after what he's done for that team. Yeah, they're
4: gonna, gonna so. let him play it out because I think so too. That's just the way especially in this division it. where it feels like. They, any team that's, let's say, three and six after nine games might still be in the division race. That they're going to be, Tom Coughlin's already selling this hope that he's, hey, we're 0 2, but this, you know, the Cowboys are injured. I mean, he's openly talking about it, and this division is wide open.
5: Isn't this Tom Coughlin's move? Yeah. To so basically punt
3: September and
4: then everyone gives up on him? Yeah. Well, it's weird, right? They also had those years where they were 6-0 a couple times. And it, I don't know. They, they're they a schizophrenic team.
3: Let's make our picks for the game. Mark, score, mm. and victor.
4: Man, I hate making this pick already. I'm going to forget
3: it in two days anyway. Though.
1: I will, and I, <laughs> I'm going to hold the right to change it, to be honest with you. But I'm going to go Giants, and I'll tell you why it only comes down to this. The home team on Thursday night, unless you come in, if you roll in with a much better quarterback, I think the visiting team has a shot to take Thursday night game. But it's the weirdest game of the week. The Giants need this one so badly. This is their season on the line. I'm going New York. Score? Uh, 28
2: to 27. Ooh, West.
5: That all makes sense. Everything you said makes sense. I just think the Redskins are the more complete, better football team, so I'm taking mm. them. Score. 23
3: to 20. All right. I think uh, the Giants will finally get a win. They'll close this time,
4: 28-17. I think uh, the Cinderella story of the year, Joe Barry, known as the defensive coordinator of the Owen 16 Lions, he's getting back on you Look know the you. coordinator of the year candidacy this year. This Redskins team goes in there and wins, I don't know, 23 to 9. Is he on Mark's radar matter. yet?
1: Well, I'm going if, if anyone, from that, anyone on that team's getting, a, well, he's not a core. I mean, there's a lot
4: of Cinderella buzz out there said. about Joe Barry. <laughs> you know, people are getting features ready about that 0-16, showing some sad Joe Barry faces, and now here he is with the Redskins.
3: If, if the Redskins go like 10-6 and 6 and win the NFC East, Jay Gruden would be one of the more unlikely coaches of the year ever.
4: Yeah, that's a totally fair that point. Because people are ready to
3: right. can that guy. Is this what you're predicting? No. Uh, no, but I'm saying it could <laughs> happen. You should, Who knows? Get it.
5: you should get out in front here.
3: I'm not ready to do it yet. Let's see. Let's see him beat the Giants. Let's see him beat the Giants. All right. That's it for Tuesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, we will be back on Thursday with our Thursday night. It will go up early Friday morning with our big... Uh, recap of Thursday Night Football. Uh, we have previews of all the Sunday and Monday games. It's our big preview show. Until then, this is Dan Hans signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, the Irishman early with the cue behind the glass. Until Thursday! <laughs>